Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Penzoil performance line and good ones today. We'll go to Dallas. Ed Werder will jump in here. We'll go down to Gainesville, Florida. Kyle Trask might win the Heisman. Going to jump on with me here today. Ryan Clark today. Mel Kuyper in this hour. Did you see Mel this morning? Mad Mel is my new favorite Mel. Like I've described, I've been credited, I think, by some with giving Adam Schefter the nickname Salty Shefty because it is my goal to get Shefty salty when he comes on because regular Shefty is awesome. First and foremost, Shefty is the best information person ever. But beyond that, as far as personality, normal Shefty is very good. Salty Shefty is Hall of Fame worthy. So I try and get him salty. Mel was fired up. We're going with Mad Mel. For those of you who are watching him on Get Up this morning, and you will find out why when he joins me live in a half hour. But we begin this program the only place you can, and that is with one big question. What is Jerry Jones going to do? Jerry Jones is a 78-year-old flamboyant billionaire for whom I have (coughs) the utmost respect in many ways, who I believe wants more than anything to climb this football mountain again. There are a lot of reasons that he does. One of them is this somewhat petty feud that he hangs on to with Jimmy Johnson after all these years. But whatever it is, it is fully understandable. You don't need to attach a reason to why Jerry Jones would want to win a Super Bowl at this stage of his life. It's been a very long time since he last won one, to the tune of almost a quarter of a century. And right now, I think you could look at this thing and say there are very few, if any, teams whose future, whose short-term future, look worse than Dallas. The Cowboys aren't as bad a team this season, for example, as the Jets. But the Jets figure to get the first pick in the draft, which means Trevor Lawrence, who everyone is saying is the greatest prospect since whomever, there's reason for optimism and hope. They also have a ton of money under the salary cap. Jacksonville, similarly. Cincinnati has its quarterback of the future. I'm looking at the teams that right now would be at the top of the draft board, thus the worst teams in the NFL. Cincinnati at least has a young, great quarterback, assuming that Burrow comes back healthy, to build things around. A young, really good one on a rookie contract. The Cowboys have a bloated team with money spent in all the wrong places. And if they're going to bring Dak Prescott back, which I think they have to, it's going to cost them a fortune in a year where the salary cap is not going up, it's coming down. And in case you were wondering just how good Dak Prescott is, Vin Macy is one of our um, most outstanding analytics people at ESPN. And he tweeted this today. Weeks one through five with Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys averaged 31 points a game, third in the NFL. Since then, without him, they're averaging 15 points per game, 31st in the NFL. Only the Jets are worse. So their points per game has been cut more than in half. They are scoring, they are scoring fewer than 50% of the number of points per game they were scoring with Dak Prescott, and they have gone from third in the NFL to second to last. That's the definition of value. So they have no choice whatsoever but to bring back Dak Prescott unless, and this is why I started here, what will Jerry do? Does he just blow the whole thing up? 
Is he astute enough looking at the situation to bypass whatever ego is involved and whatever eagerness is involved and say, I need to blow this thing up. I need to hit the plunger and it will probably take a year to cycle through. But we've got to get rid of some of these terrible contracts, all the money they gave Zeke and Amari Cooper and and the, 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 the linebacker, Jalen Smith, all the money they paid on this terrible defense, which is as bad as any defense in the NFL right now with no exceptions. And all these guys, and, and now you're going to pay Dak and you use a first-round pick on C.D. Lamb, who may be a terrific player, but that was a ridiculous selection, and it looks all the more so now. You've got all the money spent in all the wrong places, all the resources dedicated to all the wrong places. Do you blow it up and live through the pain of the rebuild? That's not tanking. It's resetting. I believe that franchise needs a reset. They need to be a year from now where maybe the Jets are now, where the Giants thought they would be a year ago. There are some teams that need to hit the reset button and live through the pain. The Bears are another one. The Bears and the Cowboys are teams. You know when you jump into a pool and you're going down and you're going down and you're going down, then you touch the bottom and you push yourself back up. You propel yourself back up. Well, there are teams in the NFL at different stages of that. I'm not talking about the really good teams, Kansas City and Pittsburgh. They're not under the water. They're above the water. But the teams that are under the water are either moving down or they're moving up. The Cowboys and Bears, here's the really bad news. If you're a fan of one of those teams, you haven't gotten to the bottom yet. You're going down. But until you recognize that the objective here is to hit the bottom, you might kind of hover. And you still will never get to the place that you ultimately want to get, which is up at the top where the good teams are swimming around and not just holding their breath. So that's where the Cowboys are right now. What will Jerry do? If he brings back Mike McCarthy, which I'm not telling him not to do, if he re-signs Dak Prescott or franchise tags him again, which I'm not telling him not to do, they're basically running it back. Because even when Dak was scoring all those points, this team stunk. And they're going to get worse. And there's one great lesson that we have learned from this. It is a lesson that has held true through the history of the sport. And that is that there's no substitute in football for a really good offensive line. When the Cowboys had a really good offensive line, they were winning 13 games and they were rushing into the playoffs and their offensive line has been decimated. And that has been their biggest problem this year. They could have overcome the defense. They could have overcome the loss of Dak. Maybe not to be 13 and three, but certainly not to be this level of embarrassing. They're unwatchable. And the reason is because the offensive line is a shambles between age, injury, In one case, illness, they're done. The offensive line is done, and that has been their biggest problem this year. So to me, I believe they need to hit the reset button. I think they need to go all the way down to the bottom of the pool, and only then can they propel their way back towards the top. But will Jerry do that? It's a fascinating question. I'm looking forward to finding out the answer. I guess we will once we get to the offseason. Meanwhile, it's time for some Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless here on ESPN Radio. The winning side last night was the Baltimore side. And I was more impressed with the Ravens, quite candidly, last week when they lost to Pittsburgh, shorthanded as they were, than I was last night. 
Did last night's game increase your faith in the Ravens going forward? I asked that question to Ryan Clark. And here's what RC told me this morning. When you look at what you saw last night, I mean, it was just the perfect storm. It was the storm of, of a bad defense. It's a storm of a bad team. It's a storm of a Lamar Jackson coming off of the reserve COVID list and understanding that they need a win. When you look at this defense of the Cowboys, they're in the wrong gaps. They're not physical. They don't play well and tackle on the back end. They really serve it up to you however you want it. It is like Burger King. You can have it your way when you're playing against this team. And the Baltimore Ravens came out and did exactly exactly what they needed to do so that i think is what i think of the baltimore ravens last night if you are going to count on running the ball for 294 yards as they did gus edwards what did he run the ball for last night seven carries for 101 yards it's embarrassing it's embarrassing for the defense on the flip side that's just a win just just put a w down on the piece of paper and get on with your day but you will not beat any real team in the NFL with that. The Cowboys' defense is a, a total embarrassment. You're not beating a good team with that. You're not beating Cleveland with that this week. Seven for 101. Thank you. Confirming it from Bubba. The, the, you, you will not beat Cleveland this week that way. You will not beat any good team with Lamar Jackson throwing the ball 17 times. So if the question is, have we received the answers we need about the Ravens? I say no. We will need to see more. Right now, they're in position to make the playoffs. Obviously, they feel like they could be a dangerous team when you get there, when you have a, a player the caliber of Lamar, a coach the caliber of John Harbaugh, and, and all of the pieces they do have in place. I mean, legit pieces, obviously. They've been through the worst hell that any team has been through in a COVID standpoint this year. They've had the, the biggest outbreak of COVID of any team in any of the four major North American sports. So I'm willing, more than willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. But if you're asking me, do I have faith in the Ravens winning a playoff game this year? I believe they get there. Do I have faith in them winning a playoff game this year? The answer is no. I don't think they go to Pittsburgh. I don't think they go to Kansas City. They don't want any part of Kansas City. I don't think they go to Buffalo. I'm thinking of the teams that will have home field advantage in that first round, the division winners. Who am I forgetting? Oh, Indianapolis or, or Tennessee. I mean, that would be interesting. I would give them a puncher's chance, of course, in those games. Um, so if that's where the whole thing falls, maybe they find a way to get a win. But I do not currently put the Baltimore Ravens among the AFC big boys, among the AFC teams that I could see making a deep run in the playoffs this year. At Straight Talk Wireless, uh, no contract, no compromise. I'm being told to check uh, someone's Twitter feed, so let me do that for you. Adam Rittenberg, which suggests to me there is breaking news of some point, uh, some part. I have a feel he's a college football guy, so let's see what he's got. Um, sources tell, Adam Rittenberg says, sources tell him and Heather Dinich the Big Ten is expected to change the six-game requirement for the league title game pending further approval from athletic directors and presidents and chancellors. This would allow Ohio State to face Northwestern next week in Indianapolis. Okay, thank you, Bubba. That's exactly where I was going to go. I will begin it by inviting you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. That was going to be my next stop. 
the Big Ten Conference, which is my favorite conference, my conference of choice. I'm an alum. I'm a fan. Nothing says Big Ten football like second and eight. Um, has a, a fascinating decision to make today. They have three options. One of them is find another game for Ohio State this weekend because Michigan can't play. The second is what it sounds like, what I just read you, it sounds like they're going to do, which is change their own self-created rule that you have to play six games to get into the Big Ten championship game. The third is live without Ohio State being the Big Ten champion. Ohio State, if this, if indeed what Adam and Heather are reporting is what happens, Ohio State, despite only playing five games, will get to play Northwestern next week in Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship. And if Ohio State wins that game, and they'll be uh, a significant favorite, I would imagine. I, I give us a puncher's chance with our defense. But if Ohio State wins that game, and I would guess they'll be something like a 14-point favorite, um, then, then they have, that gives them their best opportunity to get into the college football playoff. Being a conference champion is a data point. It's not everything, but it matters. It has to matter. Playing five games, winning the Big Ten championship uh, by beating Northwestern, who is currently 14th in the rankings, that's much better than not playing in the Big Ten championship game, playing another game that last weekend against a lesser opponent. So clearly the best thing that can happen for Ohio State is exactly what they're doing. Frankly, the best thing that could happen is if they found them another game to play this weekend. It doesn't sound like that's the direction they're leaning. So there were a lot of questions that come from this. The first is, should this make us at all uncomfortable? I would answer no. I would say I'm not uncomfortable with this, and here's why. Because this is the year in which all bets are off. This is a year in which you can do things that otherwise might seem unfair. I'll give you a few examples. This is a year in which just two days ago, the Pittsburgh Steelers played an NFL game on five days rest against a Washington team that was playing on 11 days rest. That hadn't happened in the last 50 years of pro football. It happened in 2020 because in 2020, anything can happen. I'll give you another example. Major League Baseball not only played a 60-game schedule, but when they got to the 10th inning, they put a runner on second base to start the inning. That is the kind of stuff they do in beer league softball. It was okay because this is 2020, and in 2020, anything can happen. So there are some who are going to look at this, and they're going to say this is craven. This is just the Big Ten shamelessly changing a rule to benefit Ohio State. Not really. This is the Big Ten changing an arbitrary decision they themselves made six or eight weeks ago to benefit the entire conference. It is the, to the benefit of the conference for Ohio State to get a chance to play in the Big Ten championship game. You will note, I'm not giving them a win in it yet. I, I'm, I, will, I wish I could go to that game. I was there two years ago in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium when we, Northwestern, we played Ohio State. And people forget that was the seven-point game in the fourth quarter. But forgetting that, I, I will give us our chance to win and I will root like crazy for us. But obviously, Ohio State getting a chance to play in that game gives not just them, but the entire conference the best chance to get a team into the college football playoff. And there are any number of reasons why that is valuable. So I myself do not have a problem with it. Is it fair? Of course not. So many things that happened this year are not fair. Things well beyond and above the world of sports are happening that are not fair. 
And I keep going back to something Dan Graziano said to me earlier this season about the NFL, and it applies to everything. In 2020, fair is not the priority. Just find a way to get something done. And that's what they're doing. So I myself do not have a problem with it. I'll be curious to see if others feel differently. I'm going to have Mel here in a few minutes, and I will ask Mel Kuyper if he has any issue with it. My gut feeling is that he will not. But we'll ask him, and we'll see. Let me read you that tweet one more time, just so I give you the very latest. Again, Adam Rittenberg tweets, Sources tell Heather Dinich and me that the Big Ten is expected to change the six-game requirement for the league title game pending further approval from athletic directors and presidents and chancellors, which would allow Ohio State to face Northwestern next week in Indianapolis. Let me go to Heather's Twitter feed. She actually hasn't tweeted anything in a little while. So, um, We'll see if there's any more information on that. We will certainly get it to you instantly here. I love it when news breaks while we're on the air, and I promise you we will cover it closely. I would like to make the following statement, however, about this. I have felt this way for a very long time, and if you were a listener of Mike and Mike, you have heard me talk about this in a different context. But the 13-member college football playoff committee that meets every single weekend and will ultimately choose the fate of these teams will ultimately decide, let's just live in a world where Ohio State wins the Big Ten championship and finishes their season playing only six games. The likeliest scenario right now, it sounds to me, is that they will not play this weekend. They'll play next week. And if they beat Northwestern, they'll be a 6-0 Big Ten champ. My gut feeling is they will get into the playoff ahead of teams that are 10-1 in major power conferences, like the SEC. And... The fact that that decision is going to be made based upon the subjective opinions of a group of people, any group of people, no matter how much football they may know, is ridiculous. I've said this a thousand times before. All of these decisions, and this has always been in the context of March Madness, where they put together a a selection committee. Lord knows we've all lived through that every year of our sports-loving life. And they come out and they choose the teams. And their criteria is, we choose the best teams. And my response has always been, what the hell difference does your opinion make about that? You know what you can't tell watching a basketball, watching two basketball teams play? Who would win if they played each other? If you knew that, then A, you'd be living in a, pa- in a palace in Las Vegas, and B, you would never have upsets. You don't know who's going to win a game when you put two teams on a field or on a court. That's the beauty of sports. And so these decisions need to be made based on some objective criteria. Make it whatever you want. If you believe Ohio State as a 6-0 Big Ten champ has accomplished more, has earned that fourth spot more than a Texas A&M team, which I think will be 10-1 and or, or whatever other team you want to put into the conversation, then fine. I'm not in any way arguing against that. What I'm saying is the idea that 13 people would sit in a room Watch the games and say, in my opinion, that team is better than that team. So they're going regardless of who earned what is stupid. It makes no sense. I'm not calling the people stupid. I'm calling the system stupid. I felt that way about college basketball forever. And I feel that way now about college football. The people can come up with the criteria. You want to make a a conference championship important? Great. You want to make head-to-head important? Great. You can make it. That's where the human element comes in. You decide what you think are the most important criteria, but then base it on something. Which teams earned their way into this thing? We're not just arbitrarily deciding, well, I think that one is better than that one. You have no idea who will win if they play each other. None. So that has always bothered me. 
and it continues to here. I have some thoughts I want to get to on Michigan as our show continues today, but this isn't the moment for it because i got to get Mel in here. But um, I do have some thoughts that I will share with you a little bit later on the situation at Michigan. We'll bounce all of this off Mel Kuyper, who was as fired up as I've ever seen him this morning. Don't miss Mel live next. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Super busy day with news breaking all around us in college football, as you just heard from Christine Lisi in SportsCenter. Our reporting suggests that the Big Ten is going to change its own policy to allow Ohio State to play for the conference title next week, even if it can't play this weekend. It does not appear they will. The Michigan game is off. It doesn't sound like they're going to try and find them another game. They will just likely go into the Big Ten title game against Northwestern at 5-0. and oh. Let's talk about that and more with the one, the only, Mel Kuyper Jr., who is with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Hello again, Mel. Greetings. Great to be with you, pal. It's a pleasure to see you again. All right, let's just go right to it. How, if, if this is indeed what they're doing, again, Rittenberg and Heather are reporting the Big Ten is going to relax the policy. You okay with it? Common sense prevails, Grady. I don't think rules and uh, which you established back uh, months ago matter now. You you adapt, you change, you amend uh, in this uh, you know, COVID season, the COVID world we live in, day to day, not knowing what's going on, whether games will be played, what coaches and players have had to deal with this year in terms of this. So uh, I think it's it's the only move you can make. I mean, Ohio State beat Indiana with their quarterback, and uh, you know Indiana now injured quarterback, lost that game head to head. It's playing this game when Ohio State opened at thirty points favorite ended up at 29 when it was canceled is going to make any difference uh, in how they're viewed the eye test after two or three games tells you enough about ohio state and and uh, the fact that they are deserving to play in that championship game for the big 10 title and certainly even if they wouldn't have played there the, the college playoff situation would have looked differently at them than the, than that would have been so they would have been in the college playoff potentially but not in the big 10 championship that would have looked ridiculous And so the question to you then mel as one who watches these games as closely as anyone in your opinion are they one of the four best teams 
Well, I think it's still to be determined, Greeny. I think they're still you know, evaluating Clemson moving forward in Notre Dame because Clemson lost key players from last year. Everybody's kind of excusing it away, saying, well, Clemson's been banged up. You know, they've had injuries. Trevor was hurt when they played Notre Dame, and they had three defensive starters out. I get that, but this offense also lost four starters on the line. Three of those guys are in the NFL. Two top receivers. One went to the NFL in T. Higgins. The other injured in Justin Ross. And defensively, they took hits in the secondary and lost Isaiah Simmons as well as some guys up front. So this is a different Clemson team, and that Notre Dame game certainly will be critical. So I think let it play out, see where Florida is, see where all these teams are uh, at the end of the day, and then evaluate it. But I do think Ohio State is not what they were last year. It's pretty obvious. This team took uh, too many losses to be as good as they were. It's it's tough to reload no matter who you are in college football to be as good. Alabama's done it for a while, and they're doing it again this year. But for every team to just automatically make up for guys that were great and say the next guy's going to step in and be as great, is I think is asking too much. Greeny and Mel Kuyper with you presented by Progressive Insurance. He's on the Shell Penzoil performance line. A few more quickies before I get to what I really wanted to talk to you about today. Um, this was a season that began with Trevor Lawrence, everyone's opinion, the best player in the country and the, and the front runner for the Heisman. Then between the COVID situation and a few other things, it feels like that's over with. Who's going to win the Heisman? Right now, I'd say Mac Jones with Kyle Trask from Florida right there. What Mac Jones has done at Alabama, Greeny, is, is pretty remarkable. He said, well, he's got all the great talent. Well, Jalen Waddle is hurt right now. And he didn't have Ruggs, and he didn't have uh, you know uh, Jerry Judy from last year. Now he has a great offensive line, Leatherwood and Dickerson and Brown. and They're going to be playing in the NFL. I get that. He's got tight ends. Uh, you know, Billingsley, the young tight end, has really emerged, too, with Forrestal. And Najee Harris is a Heisman candidate running back. Heck, Brian Robinson, Jr., the backup running back, going to get drafted on day three. Greeny. So I understand all the talent around Mac Jones, but his accuracy and the way he's led that football team and been so consistent. Now, he's not Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow beat teams. He beat Alabama with his legs as much as his arm. Mac Jones isn't going to do that. He's not the athlete. He's not the runner. He doesn't have the mobility and that running ability uh, that, that Burrow had. But as a passer, uh, what he's done this year, now he's going to end his career with about 16 starts. Is that enough for the NFL to say we're going to take him in the top 15 of the draft come late April if he comes out? We'll see. But that's the only red flag for me in terms of the amount of starts if he, in fact, leaves Alabama and goes into the NFL draft. But for right now, Granny, to answer your question, I would have Mac Jones slightly ahead of Kyle Trask for the Heisman. Okay, very good. We'll have Kyle Trask actually live here in about 10 minutes on ESPN Radio. Let, let me get to the business at hand. So when Josh Allen played the monster game that he did on Monday night against San Francisco, it got me to thinking. Because the 2018 draft class, which had five quarterbacks in the first round, has gotten a great deal of attention, and most of it has centered around the last of them being Lamar Jackson, the one who actually went 32nd in the first round that year, being the best of them. He was a unanimous MVP last year, so it it was inarguable that he had had the best career to that point. And then I watched Josh Allen, and I start looking at some of the numbers he's putting up this year, and so I ask the question to you, who understands the draft process better than anyone, If those five guys went in the draft right now, who would go first? I think it would get down to Josh Allen and Lamar, and I think Josh Allen would probably have a slight edge, uh, but Lamar would be right there. I mean, that's like like one and one A, depending upon mm-hmm. what type of offensive system you have. Obviously, Greg Roman here is the coordinator in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson for a reason. He was in San Francisco during those years. So there, yeah, I think those two are right there. It's like affirmed in Alidar back in the day. You know, <laughs> that he coming down the stretch, Greeny, uh, for those three uh, triple crown races, uh, you know, affirmed got the edge over Alidar barely by a nose, right? And I think that's what you 
would have here yeah, yeah, between Lamar and for Josh. Uh, and, and it's ironic. We talked about this on Get Up this morning, Greeny. Uh, yeah, I think to look back on the criticism of both those to say that they're not going to be starting, the effective starting quarterbacks in the NFL because they can't complete passes. How can you be a starting quarterback and be great if you can't complete passes? So this notion it's all the talent around Josh. And all, they, people then thought he just couldn't make an accurate throw. So to go where from that to this to where he is now is pretty remarkable. I, I, the great thing that, that Todd McShay and I do, and, and uh, Mike Bayock did it for all those years, now he's, of course, with the Raiders and Daniel Jeremiah. What we do, Green, you can't change. You can't alter your opinion. Our opinion is in print. It's been verbalized. It's there. You can look back on it 20 years and say, what did they think when they came? You can't change once they're in the end. You can amend it based on an opinion, but what you thought of a player is locked in. And it seems like week to week, everybody changes their opinion on one week. They love them, then they hate them. It's like, it's like all or nothing. Love or hate with quarterbacks. It drives me crazy, Granny. But and this week against Pittsburgh will be a challenging game for Josh Young. That Pittsburgh team's going to be fired up this week to, to prove that doubters wrong. Who are thinking like the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are, are garbage now because they lost the game. So it's mm. amazing the overreactions and. And you do a great job dealing with this on GetUp you know, every day. I mean, this is what we talk about. Those, those types are in. Now, some are accurate, some aren't. But that's the whole uh, entertainment part of this, uh, this uh, the football world we live in. But the other piece of it, I don't disagree with the word you just said, but I do think, I've said this many times, sure. I think more young quarterbacks are ruined than developed. So when you look at Lamar Jackson and you look at Josh Allen, those are organizational successes. It's not that the players themselves aren't good. All these guys are good. You don't get drafted in the first round if you're not good. Right. But they've been put in the right position. They've had the right coaching. They've had the right um, locker room, whatever that is, the right um, you know, sort of culture that they're in. They've been put in systems in which they can succeed, and they've been brought along at the right pace. Whereas you take someone like Sam Darnold, who I continue to believe could have been, should have been, and hopefully still will be a really good player. I don't think you could put anyone in the situation he's been in and have him succeed. No question. Cotton do it. Look at Buffalo. I mean, you know, Brandon Bean. You know, you think about McDermott. Think about Brian Dayball and everything around Josh. It's, 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 the pieces have changed, but the coaching, the coaching. I, I said this morning, Coach McDermott, Coach Dayball. Their mm-hmm. job, Greeny, isn't to get finished products coming out of college. How in the heck can you be done? And Peyton Manning was here with me at the house. He said, hey, I, I was not finished. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as good as I'm going to be. Uh, he has no upside. He's as good as he's ever going to be. I'm coming out of college. I'm 21, 22 years old. You know, you got to get coached up and improve and give these guys time to work through the rough moments. We don't, we're calling guys bust, Greeny, their rookie year. Midway through, he's a bust. He's not that good. He's terrible. You're, that's what the, I was hearing about Josh Allen. And I mean, it's just, and I had to defend. I'm more defending than raving about because you like a guy, but I'm more defending. I'm, I'm with you on Sam Darnold. So the only way Sam Darnold's not a New York Jet is if they get the number one pick. They're taking Trevor Lawrence. If they're picking two, they're trading that pick and let somebody else get Justin Fields and they're moving on with Sam Darnold. So it's so the only reason Sam's not the quarterback moving forward with the Jets is because of Trevor Lawrence being there at number one. In terms of the other Josh Rosen, he was dealt a bad hand. He had no – it's not no fault of his. It just so happened that, hey, there's Kyler, there's Tua, and goodbye Josh. You know, And then Lamar's here in Baltimore where everything was tailored to make him a really good quarterback in terms of developing him as a passer, which he still has some work to do. He's in that bad habit of sidearming throws now. But still, he's at 64% completion percentage. After a bad throw last night, he makes a great throw right in the bucket, drops in the bucket to Holly. Hollywood. So I, I'm with you. Lamar and Josh have been in the right situation. Sam hasn't. Josh got dealt a bad hand. And certainly uh, that's why we are in Baker. John Dorsey drafted him, and they mm-hmm. got the right coach now. And all of a sudden things are coming together for Baker. So I'm with you, Greeny, on that. But don't write off Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's going to be a good quarterback in this league. Greeny, the podcast.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We are back on ESPN Radio Coast to Coast. Kyle Trask and the Florida Gators are 8-1. and one. They're number six in the latest college football playoff rankings. The quarterback has thrown 38 touchdowns and three picks on the year. They've got LSU this weekend and then a date with Alabama for the SEC title. And Kyle Trask, good enough to spend a few minutes with us here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Congratulations, Kyle, and thank you for the time. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, thank you. And I, I want to start... Uh, I, I just was talking with Mel Kuyper, and when I asked him about who was going to win the Heisman this year, your name came up immediately. You're a guy who spent your first two years at Florida without playing, then you overcome a serious foot injury. So with all of that behind you, what does it mean to you to hear your name and that award mentioned in the same sentence? Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, it's been a crazy journey just, you know, uh, you know, being a backup in high school and going through all those injuries early on in my college career. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's pretty special to hear my name in these conversations. But at the same time, we're, you know, we're still focused on just, you know, taking it one week at a time. And, you know, our focus is on LSU right now. How do you do that, especially knowing what's coming up the following week, a date with Alabama and a win there? We all know what it would mean, the SEC championship and a shot at the college football playoff. So how do you keep the thing the thing this week against LSU? Uh, I think that just comes with, you know, playing in the SEC. You know, we, especially this year, you're playing all SEC schedule. Um, every week is huge. Um, and, you know, we kind of just – I think the coaches have done a great job with us and staying locked in and just taking it week to week. So I think a team right now, are, we're in a great headspace. And, you know, like I said before, we're just uh, you know, ready to take care of business for LSU. Well, as you mentioned, it's been a season unlike any in history, and hopefully there'll be never be another one quite like it. I have so much – um, admiration for the way all of you players across the country have put such a priority on playing and all the sacrifices you've made. H- how would you put into words what this season has been like and how different it has been from any other? Um, you know, there's been a lot of adversity, um, to say the least. But, you know, that's what makes um, playing football so special is you have the opportunity to, you know, overcome adversity every single day. And, you know, this is just another hurdle for us. And I think um, the coaches and the training staff, they all did a great job of putting together a great plan for us um, to, you know, conquer this COVID and, and to be able to have the opportunity to play this season. And, you know, the players, you know, they bought into uh, what they were saying, and that's how we were able to play so many games this year. 
Kyle Trask is with us, the young star quarterback at Florida. Could you just give people a sense of, of what your schedule is like? I, you know, you're the star quarterback of a, of a super high-profile college football team. You, you should be living like a celebrity. What, what is, outside of practice, what, what does your day generally consist of? Um, just a lot of resting, you know, a lot of online classes. Obviously, with COVID, they want to, you know, keep everybody separated. So not a whole lot of in-person classes are it's really just wake up, go to meetings, uh, you know, come back, do homework, and go back to practice, and you know, stay late and watch film and do it all over again the next day. And and how would you, how do you think you look back on this experience someday? Of course, there's a lot of it left to come. You've got huge huge games in front of you, but but I'm talking about the totality of the experience, what you've gone through to to put this season together. How how do you think you look back on it? What do you think you will have learned? Um. You know, I, I think not not only myself, but I think the whole entire team can look back on this season and be like, you know, if we can overcome this kind of adversity, we can overcome anything. Um, it's been a crazy ride, and you know, like I said before, I think the team did a great job of just buying into, you know, what uh, the staff was saying, and, and I just think it's a blessing to, you know, just to have that opportunity to play every Saturday because, you know, you see around the country a lot of teams, um, you know, they might have some exposures and not be able to play. So really, at the end of the day, it's just a blessing to even be able to play um, every single game. Kyle Trask of Florida, quick final one for you here. If if one of these huge dreams that you have in front of you come true here, if you guys should should win the SEC championship, if you should hear your name called for the Heisman or, or whatever might come, who's the first person you'll think of? Who was the, the person most responsible for you being where you are? Um, you know, definitely my mom and, you know, my brother, just, they've just always taught me, uh, you know, how to work hard and persevere, you know, no matter what situation I've been put in, uh, you know, uh, my mom was the one who, you know, made me, you know, stay, uh, in high school, even after I was, you know, the backup in high school or whatever, you know, she's the one that made me stay, you know, she said, this is where we're from. So it's going to grind it out. So, I mean, I've just learned so many life lessons from her, you know, she's been a huge role model. Um, so yeah, that's definitely the first person I'll think of. Well, good for you, Kyle. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Congratulations on what has been a terrific season. Good luck this weekend. All right. Thanks very much for making the time. Absolutely. Thank you. It's Kyle Trask, quarterback at Florida. Very difficult not to root for people when you hear them say things like that. And, and I will say again, I have so much admiration as, as the father of a college student myself. Um, I have so much admiration for the dedication that these kids all across the country have put into playing this sport and playing this season because I know the sacrifices that they've made. I'm, I, I know the way they would normally be living and the way they currently are. And to do it in order to be able to play a season is inspirational for an old fart like me. So congratulations to him and to all of them. Ryan Clark will join me next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.